The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Good morning, everybody. Say good morning to your neighbor with a smile. Um, it's just been totally amazing, um, totally, totally amazing, and we are grateful to God. Um, thank God for, I mean, all the activities from Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yesterday was awesome. You know, today, thank God for the um, children's church and and uh, teen church presentation. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, so we'll dive into what we have today, and um, and we'll be on our way. Like we learned last week, that David gave um, a piece of cake and a loaf of bread to everyone on that day. Today, by the grace of God, on your way out, there's a piece of cake for everyone, and there's a loaf of bread for everyone. <laughs> We are just trying to follow the scriptures. Is that okay? But before we get into the word, let's kind of rise on our feet. For every answered prayer. For every answered prayer. For always be
Father, we, we can never thank you enough. But from the depth of our beings, we say thank you, Father. From the bottom of our hearts, we thank you. Thank you for the very first day that we started. Thank you for all that you've taken us through. Thank you for where you brought us to. Above all, we thank you for where you are taking us to. Accept our thanks in the name of Jesus. Today, Father, in every life present in this place, in every life, join us over the internet, Father, do that which eyes have not seen, that which ears have not heard, that which has not even begun to enter into the hearts of men. And let your name and your name alone be glorified. Honor and glory we give unto you. Honor and glory we give unto you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Um, okay. So, we... I'm grateful to everyone. Um, if you were here, you know, we are, we are backing up to the beginning. If you were here, here on this ground, when we first came in here, we had those, the tent that kept falling down. We set up the tent in the night, and in the morning it's on the floor. <laughs> you know, and you know, we, and the water was everywhere. If you were here at that time, wave to me. Let me see your hands up. Just keep it up. Look around you. These are great, amazing people. We can put on your hands. Now, don't feel jealous. Don't, don't say, oh, why was it that here? A time will come when we will say, if you were here in that old, prefabricated <laughs> building, that will be your turn. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> Uh, okay, so let's, let's, let's back it up um, again. If you were here with us, you are with us at Orchid Hotels. Let me see your hands up. Okay, Orchid Hotels, fantastic. I put on your hands. Getting lesser and lesser. If you were here at um, Scintilla, let me see your hands up. Oh, <laughs> wow, put on your hands. Okay, if you were here with us, were with us from Protea Hotel, let me see your hands up. Wow. Okay, now, if you were at that very first service, let me see your hands up. <laughs> okay, <laughs> praise the name of the Lord. And like I said, the time will come. What will we say if you were at that old auditorium? Let me see your hands up, and that will be your time. We believe that. You see, we are big on celebrating our God and celebrating the things that God is doing with us, through us, the community of faith that God has called us to, because we are convinced as a people that church should be celebrated and not tolerated. That church is not something to be tolerated. We don't come to church oh, we have to just tolerate it. We just have to, um, you know, endure church. No. 
our vision as a people is to be filled with the life of Christ Jesus and taking the world for him. Our vision is to be filled with the life of Christ Jesus and released into our destinies. Okay, let's read together. One to go. Our vision to be filled. One more time. Our vision to be. Take it off the screen. Let's go together. One to go. Amen. You see, there are different kind of churches. There are um, purpose-driven churches. There are personality-driven churches. There are um, um, program-centric churches. There are attractional churches. There are missional churches. While there's value in all these types of churches, and we learn from all these types of churches, God's favorite house is a Christ-centered church. Praise the name of the Lord. So, GFH is a Christ-centered church. The only person that has to be in service is Jesus. And he has not missed a single service since we started. Praise the name of the Lord. The only person that must be present and must be honored is Jesus. Gospel House is a Christ-centered church. You know, I shared this story at this time of the year, I mean, repeatedly, you know, of, of, I was listening to, I was in a conference, I was listening to a lady preach, and she was talking about, there was a time she went to Starbucks, Starbucks is a place in, um, that they sell coffee, and, um, and they didn't have coffee, so she went to Starbucks, and they didn't have coffee, so she tweeted that, oh, I'm in Starbucks, and guess what, they didn't have turkey, then she said, somebody tweeted back at her that, um, that the other day, I was at KFC, Kentucky Fried Chicken, and they didn't have chicken. Then another person tweeted that I was at um, McDonald's, and they didn't have the Big Mac. Now, even though those are like foreign brands, so if you come back home, it's like saying, I went to Mr. Big's, and there was no meat pie. I mean, how can there not be meat pie in Mr. Big's? Or you say, I went to Mama Put and there was no... Amala. And there was no Amala. I mean, come on. <laughs> there has to be Amala in Mama Put. Praise the name of the Lord. So it's like coming to church and the presence of Jesus is not, is not there. There was the essence of, of gathering. It's unto him shall the gathering of, of his people be. So let's give it up to the King of Kings and to the Lord of Lords, to our God, to the center of our focus, to the center of our worship, Jesus, the Son of the living God. Amen. Amen. You see, Jesus, like um, A.W. Tauser put it this way. He says that, you know, Jesus is, is not just one of many ways to approach God. 
nor is he the best of several ways. He is the only way. Jesus is the only way. He said so himself. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. And he said, the truth is that in God's favorite house, it's all about Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. In God's favorite house, it's all about who? It's all about Jesus. And Jesus has called us together as his people. And he has not called us to play politics. Jesus has not called us to play church. Jesus has called us to make a difference. He has called us as his people to make a difference. God wants you to make a difference in your community. He wants us as a people to make a difference in our communities. He wants you to make a difference even here at God's favorite house. God hasn't called you to just play church. He has called you to make a difference. I see, and the challenge with, with us is that we feel ill-prepared. We feel that we are not ready. We feel that um, I need to go to um, some Bible college or I need to, um, and it's good to go to Bible college. I mean, or I need to um, attend some seminary. It's good to go to seminary. Or I, I need to know the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. It's good to know the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. However, God doesn't all necessarily call the prepared. God prepares the called. Huge difference. God prepares the called. He doesn't call the prepared. God makes able, faithful men. God doesn't make faithful, able men. God is looking for faithful people that he will make able to do what he wants to do. God, many times we want to be able so that we bring our abilities to God and, and so that God can use it. That is fine. But you see, God, your faithfulness is more useful to God than your ableness, if you will, than your ability. <laughs> you know, sometimes our abilities get in the way. In Acts um, chapter 4, Acts 4, verse 13, you know, the word of God says that when they saw the courage of Peter and John, they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. They were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. In other words, the only significant thing about these men is that they had been with Jesus. That was the only significant thing. And they were doing amazing things. They were doing extraordinary things. They were unschooled. They were ordinary. You know, um, um, I was speaking with someone that I was giving a reference to, to um, Bible college or something. And it was like, oh, what Bible college did I go to? I said, well, I tried Bible college. I, I dropped out. I couldn't cope. You know, I did two days in Bible college. I mean, Bible college dropped out. 
but I've been with Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> By the grace of God. <laughs> so, so these men were unschooled and ordinary men. In fact, the word unschooled and ordinary there is, is, the, is the Greek word. Um, okay. One past. It's the Greek word idiotis. Idiotis. Which means ignoramus, an ignorant or unlearned person or an idiot. So, what these men were saying is that. Look at Peter and John. These are idiots. But you see, God likes using idiots to do extraordinary things. So that when you look at the idiots, idiots, and you look at what God is doing, and you look at idiots, and you look at what God is doing, and say, it can't be the idiots. It has to be the God <laughs> that is doing what only he can do. And, you see, so, obviously, we, we value continuous learning. We value growth. We value, and I'm not minimizing those things at all. I'm just saying that the things that will get you forward are things that will make you look like an idiot to other people. I'm just saying that the steps that you need to take to change from where you are to where God wants you to be are steps that your classmates will look at you and say you're an idiot. There are steps that your, your colleagues will look at you and say, this guy must, have been, must be an idiot. But God will turn that idiot into a miracle. Praise the name of the Lord. You know, I think it was um, Benjamin Franklin that said that the way to see by faith is to shut the eye of reason. The way to see by faith is to shut the eyes of reason. There's nothing wrong with reason. There's nothing wrong with science. In fact, the things that we call reason today, the things that we call scientific today, were actually things that when the people that believed them believed them, they were called idiots. When the Wright brothers believed that man can fly, they were called idiots. But today, we have laws of aerodynamics. We have, I mean, flying, if you, you say science, isn't it science? advancement of science. But the people that broke that back were idiots that chose to believe what nobody else could see. In everything that have become law today, the pioneers were idiots. So what is God asking you to do? And you're, you're like, I will look like an idiot. Do it. Praise the name of the Lord. Just do it. Just do it. We cannot waste 
any more time. When it comes to serving God, is either you are doing it by revelation, by faith, or you are doing it by reason. If you do it by reason, you will always come short. If you do it by reason, you will always come short. I remember, <laughs> I remember when we were in Orchid hotels and we wanted to, we wanted to get land. And someone came to me and said, why don't we just get two plots of land? You know, look how many are we. Just get two plots and just, you know. And I said to him that we are actually going to get not just two, not three, not five, not, I said we are going to get at least an hectare, at least 15 plots. And he looked at me like an idiot. I mean, he didn't say it, but I could see it. Look around you, pastor. Stop deceiving yourself. But today we even have more than 15 plots. To the glory of God. Now, it doesn't look like crazy anymore. But believe me, it was crazy then. There are things that God wants to do with you. There are, there are things that God has told you to do for him that looks crazy to you. Are you going to take the step and look like an idiot? Or are you going to sit down there and keep rationalizing? There are levels that God wants to take you to that will require some levels of sacrifice. Are you going to take the step? Or are you going to reason it out? Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> Even when it comes to giving, when God places something on your heart, you can either give sacrificially by faith, revelation, or you can give by reason. You can give by reason, or you can give by revelation. You see, when you want to give by revelation, you look like an idiot. You know, there's a testimony, I mean, at the testimony night yesterday was just amazing. Totally amazing. Glory be to God. I mean, it's, I, I was so glad that I didn't have to come up here to round up service or say anything. Because, you know, I was just a mess. I was just crying. You know, I was like, God. Listen to Amaka's testimony. Now, I know a lot of us were in there, so I'm going to ask them to play that testimony again. And we will contrast walking by faith, looking like an idiot, or walking by sight and looking like a responsible person. Let's have the video. My name is Amaka Amadi. I'm giving this testimony on behalf of my family. After my first child, I had a series of miscarriages. I was told later that my service had been damaged and I can't 
um, have a child again. About the same time, church called for an Ebenezer program. Ebenezer is a program for people believing God for the fruit of the womb. I went with my husband. Shortly after the program, I took in. And on the 5th of January, 2013, I had um, my baby. I started noticing that the child was, throughout the day, the child would not assume a color. It would turn blue, turn red, turn, you know, and was not eating, losing weight, and was very, her hair was very scanty, and a lot of things. And I, t- I took her back to the hospital, and after examining her, they told me the most devastating news of my life. They said that my baby was born with a hole in the heart. I went home to tell my husband, and when I told him, I thought he would console me. He just looked at me and warned me sternly not to say that again about his daughter. My husband said to me that if God that created uh, his daughter, peradventure, forgot to close the heart, let's remind him that he would do it. And we had savings in our account. And I thought that we had been saving because we rarely discuss it in the house. I thought my husband had been, you know, somehow saving for the surgery. He called me and said, I want you to give me my consent to, to use this, um, to sow this seed for PTL, um, for the land that the church was acquiring. And at first, I didn't find it funny. I thought about the surgery, thought about the urgency of the surgery, thought about everything. And, you know, he told me, if we are believing God for the, that there won't be rain, why, why, why do we need an umbrella? And I thought about it and I said, okay. I gave my consent and he sold the money. As of January, we didn't have anything. We booked an appointment with this cardiologist in the UK and she came down to Nigeria to see us and she started examining her. Something happened, I noticed she asked for the lights to be turned off. Later she asked for the lights to be turned on. She was just turning off and on the lights and she was pacing up and down the room. I've never seen her in such a manner. She was pacing up and down. She'd come back, she'd clean her glasses, she'd look at the ultrasound again. I just knew something was up and at that point, my faith just failed me, you know? And she just grabbed me and said, Mr. Madi, I can't find a hole in the heart anymore. She said, I can't explain it, but this girl does not need medical intervention again. No drugs, no surgery, no exercise plan, no diet plan. No medical intervention anymore. I want to prophesy into our lives that this testimony will be permanent in the name of Jesus. I prophesy that God will keep us, God will preserve her, and she'll fear her destiny in the name of Jesus. Wow. Now, logic says it must be hard to have a daughter that has been said that needs heart surgery. And faith says, give the money for the operation. That doesn't make sense. I have a daughter. 
I know how hard that can be. It does not make sense. Now, no celebrity can understand that. No social media enthusiast can understand that. The just, justified, born-again child of God shall live by shall live by faith. No reasoning can I mean so so, so you give the money to God, they will call you a fool. They will say, idiotis. You know, but there's something about God. Isaiah 46 um, um, says to us in verse 4 that God saying, I will be your God throughout your lifetime until your air is white with age. I made you. I will care for you. I will carry you along and save you. God is reliable. God is reliable. God is reliable. God does not expire. God's love does not expire. God's commitment does not expire. God is totally reliable. What is God asking you to do that you are almost grounding your life with reason? I can tell you, I mean, many, I can tell you stories, personal stories and stories, but I like to hear other people tell their own stories. What has God told you to do that you have used reason to kill or you're about to kill with reason? I want to encourage you today that God is reliable. Jesus is enough. Jesus is everything. But it's a formula I keep sharing from when the church started, which is Jesus plus nothing equals everything. So everything minus Jesus equals nothing. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. In Hebrews 10, Hebrews 10, 23, it says that let us hold tightly. You know, the Bible will not say you should hold tightly if it's something that cannot be shaken out of our hands. It says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promises. God can absolutely be trusted. God can be trusted. It doesn't matter what you are going through. I've been sent to tell you this morning that God can be trusted. Many of you are like, can I really trust God? Can I trust God with my this? Can I trust God with my that? Can I trust God with this? Can I absolutely, you know, God can be trusted. Say to your neighbor, God can be trusted. Tell them to relax. Tell them to relax. God can be trusted. Calm down. And in Isaiah 43, from verse 15, says, I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's creator and king. I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. 
I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath, I drew them beneath the waves and they drowned. Their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candle wick. Now, what did he say after that? Forget all that. We thank God for the testimonies. We are grateful for the testimonies. But God is saying to you this morning, forget all that. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. Nothing compared. You know, he started by talking about what he has done. I opened the way. I did this. I did that. I, I, I sank the armies of Egypt. He says, and they're like, wow, 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 wow. And he says, you know what? Forget all that. It's nothing compared to what I've been doing. God wants us to thank him. We thank him for the testimony night. This same exodus from Egypt, God told the Israelites to institutionalize it and make it um, um, transgenerational. Teach it to their children, to their children's children. So God wants us to testify. God wants us to be grateful. But God is saying, the things I'm about to do will make what you have seen like child's play in the name of Jesus. The NIV puts it this way, verse 18. It says, forget the former things. Now, the forget means do not dwell on the past. We thank God for the breakthroughs but don't dwell on the past. It's gone. We thank God for the anointing of yesterday, but it is not sufficient for today. Praise the name of the Lord. Say, see, I am doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. So from that scripture, I want to wrap up three things, two outcomes. It is key that you understand this for the next chapter. Three things from that scripture. Three things, two, out- two outcomes. Three things, two outcomes. The first thing, don't dwell on the past. Don't dwell on the past. We saw that in that scripture. Forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. Someone has hurt you. Let it go. Don't dwell on the past. Someone has disappointed you. Let it go. Don't dwell on the past. Someone has been mean to you, hurtful. Let it go. Don't dwell on the past. You've had expectations, but they've been dashed. Don't dwell on the past. You've been promoted. Praise God. Don't dwell on the past. You've Express breakthroughs. Praise God. Don't dwell on the past. That's the first thing. The next thing, number two, see. You know, if you look at our scriptures, God says, see. It's, it's like, open your eyes. See. 
See, I am doing a new thing. See, God wants us to see. And in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, your eyes will be opened. Every eye in this place will see as God wants you to see. In the mighty name of Jesus. Seeing is so powerful. Everything starts with seeing. You can't go where you cannot see. Except someone that can see is leading you. And God wants to take you to a new level in him. I mean, you know that eight is the number of new, new beginnings. You know? And God is saying, see. The capacity to receive vision from heaven, God will give to you. Yeah. In the mighty name of Jesus. Yeah. Three things. Number three. Perceive. See. I want you to perceive it. So, it's one thing to see. It's another thing to perceive. It's per- perception is recognizing. If you see something and you don't recognize the thing, the thing is practically useless to you because assuming um, you see um, I was going to use different presidents I'm I'm thinking each president that's come to my mind I'm like people don't want to see that guy (laughs) I'm like okay people don't want to see that guy Um, okay let's just say that you see someone that can change your life, but you don't recognize him. No, Jesus came to his own. They saw him, but they, they didn't recognize him. Today, Israel is still waiting for the Messiah. Do you know that? And because they didn't recognize him, they couldn't receive him. So you can see. But you have to perceive. You have to recognize. And I'm praying to you, for you today in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that God will give you the capacity to recognize. Amen. Recognize correctly. Amen. Recognize accurately. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. And then two outcomes becomes inevitable, practically inevitable. And that is a new way. You are going to begin to see a new way of doing that business. You are going to see a new way of making money. You are going to see a new way of loving your wife. You are going to see a new way of loving your husband. You are going to see a new way of taking your life to the next level. You are just going to see the way we just open. And everyone here, that it appears that your back is against the wall. That every door is shut. You are stepping out of this place. And you are going to begin to see open doors. In the name of Jesus. A new way. Number two. New streams. New streams. If you bring on that scripture. It says. And. I'm making a way. And a new thing, so a new way and new streams. And so you are going to have 
new streams of vitality, of life, of colors, of beauty will begin to flow into your lives in the name of Jesus. And as we um, celebrate this eighth year, stepping into the ninth year, of a truth, God will open new ways to you. And new streams will begin to flow in your life in the mighty name of Jesus. Um, Fasting begins tomorrow. God will begin service on 7th of October. And, you know, and you can't even Imagine the theme of the God of the service. <laughs> Should I tell you? Yeah. I will tell you. The theme of the God of the service is turning point. Oh. I was blown away. For, for, for some of us, we are marking this season as a tonic, when your life will turn totally around for good in the mighty name of Jesus. Turning points are unmistakable when they happen. I remember turning points in my life, in my work with God. I remember turning points in my hearing from God. I mean, it clearly. But before we even get ahead of ourselves, which you know, <laughs> I want to pray with you today. If you're like, Pastor, I need to experience a new beginning. Let's bow our hearts as we bow our heads. I need to experience a new beginning. Can you pray with me? I need to experience a new beginning in my work with God. I want to start afresh with God. Or I want to start anew. I have never had a relationship with God. I want to start with God. I want to pray with you, my sister, my brother, wherever you are seated. Should I come forward, pastor? No, you don't need to come forward. I'll pray with you wherever you are seated. That is me. Put up your hands now over your head and I'll pray with you. Quickly, God bless you. If I put up your hand, put up your hand well over your head. God bless you. There's a hand there. There's another hand over there. God bless you. Keep the hands up. Another hand at the back. Right in front here. God bless you, ma. Right in front here. God bless you. Another hand. Those corners. Their hands over there. God bless you. That is me. Keep the hands up. They're going to slip a card in your hand. And that is all I require of you, my sister. And once you have the card, you can put it on your hand. God bless you. Right there at that corner. God bless you. Keep the hands up. That's, that's me. Pastor, pray with me. God bless you. Right there. God bless you, ma. God bless you. That is me. That is me. I, I'm, God bless you. I'm giving my life to him now today. I want a new beginning. God bless you. Right there. Another hand there. I see you, my sister. I see you, my brother. Keep the hands up until you get the card. Thank you, my, my brother. God bless you. Right there. In front of you, God bless you. Keep the hands up until you have a card. God bless you. That is me. Pastor, pray with me. Keep the hands up until you get a card. And I'll pray with you in a bit. Oh, Father, we thank you. 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 Father, we pray for everyone that is surrendered to you today. We ask in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That you breathe upon these ones. Change their lives. And let your name and your name alone be glorified. 
Father, a new beginning, let it burst forth in their lives. Everyone in this place, O God of heaven, open a new way and let there be new streams and let your name be glorified. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Let's pray together for the Lord, for his goodness and his mercies. Amen.